righty. Welcome back to your ex-boyfriend's podcast, episode 21. This episode is Follow the Money, part two. First, before we get into the meat of this episode, old business. Haven't done old business, I feel like, in a second. So, the editing in last week's episode, number 20, was subpar. And I'm sorry. (laughs) There was a lot of um, extra noise and stuff in that episode. And not an excuse, but I just want to tell you it's because we had three people trying to talk. And I only have two microphones, so we had it set up in sort of like a... I have two directional microphones, and so we were trying to like point them in ways that would allow all three of us to uh, speak clearly into them. It ended up picking up a lot of other stuff like sniffles and, and grunts and um, Jonesy, <laughs> which actually leads me to the second bit of old business. Jonesy interrupts a lot, <laughs> and I realized that. Especially recently, I feel like. So my question to you, dear listener, is seeing as how he is always trying to get on the podcast, onto the recording, should Jonesy have his own episode or should he have his own segment, a recurring segment, (laughs) where we talk about the things that he wants to talk about and we interview him? (laughs) so what do you want to see do you want to see jonesy have his own episode or segment (laughs) anyway that's old business so this episode is a revisiting of episode nine which was the critical thinking follow the money episode the critical thinking concept um It's going to get heavy, just FYI. This is a heavy episode. We're going to talk about some real shit and some very relevant shit. Um, We're revisiting the critical thinking concept due to some unfortunate events that we've seen recently in our country. And... If any of you have been following any sort of news at all, if you are aware of your surroundings in any way, shape, or form, you'll be aware of the fact that uh, two there are two big topics coming up um, in the collective conversation recently. Number one, the Supreme Court of the United States is considering and seems very likely to go forward with the repealing of the Roe v. Wade decision, which for the last, God, what has it been, 50 years? I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, That decision has guaranteed people's rights, women's rights, to have an abortion. Secondly, and by no means do I mean second in terms of importance, just this is the order we're talking about them today, Um, there have been 232 mass shootings in America in 2022. So that topic is really about gun violence and regulation. So these two things, um, mass shootings, and the potential repealing of Roe v. Wade have got me thinking about some stuff. And I have gotten lots of good feedback on the critical thinking episode, Follow the Money Part 1. It's come up so often recently, um, and I think because of these things that we're talking about. um, And I feel like we should revisit because it's something that we're all concerned with right now in one way or another. And it's something that 
the idea of critical thinking and being able to uh, discern fact from fiction and make up your own mind based on good data and realize when you're not getting that, it's very important. And also, I realize this being an episode about critical thinking, I just want to preface everything that we're going to talk about with the fact, with me saying that I realize that I'm not an expert on any of this. I am not um, a scholar by profession, uh, by trade. I do not profess to be the authority on any of these topics. And please take whatever I say, whatever information I present, and do exactly what I am advocating for, which is filter it through whatever process it is that you have that allows you to uh, determine right and wrong and fact and fiction and truth and falsehoods. Don't take whatever it is that I'm saying as the truth just because I said it. Not saying that any of you would. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. I realize this is a very amateur... Um, <laughs> Uh, amateur uh, podcast. I am not an expert. <laughs> but I just want to make sure that nobody is thinking that I'm being hypocritical, hypocritical in saying that, hey, you should be thinking critically, but also you should just take whatever I say at face value. So please understand that whatever I say here, I want you to take it, filter it, research it, talk about it, and make up your own mind. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I'm just trying to shed light on what I believe is the truth. What I have determined to be the truth. So we'll go from there. So we're talking about critical thinking. There seems to be a frightening lack of critical thinking ability present in our culture. And if you recall episode nine, we talked about this at length. That's the whole point of the episode. In essence, people want to feel safe. They want to belong. People want to be secure. They want to be right. They want to be secure in their rightness. They want to feel like they're doing the moral thing. And they don't want to have to change. They don't want to have to change their minds or their behaviors. All that being said, it has led to the intentional breeding out of the critical thinking ability in our population. And that sounds very science fiction. And I'm trying to, this episode, I'm going to try and tell you why it's, it doesn't, have to be as far-fetched as it sounds why i don't believe it is so it is being bred out of the population through subversive tactics tactics that you don't necessarily even realize are being utilized ones that you are unaware of it's being bred out the ability to think critically is being removed through distraction and misdirection and fear-mongering propaganda. There's a reason for this. And I feel like it should be obvious, but I guess I wouldn't be making this episode for the second time if it was. So why is this happening? Uh, in a word, power. That's literally all it is. Power. To quote Emperor Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious from Star Wars, all who gain power are afraid to lose it. And in addition, as we have been told by uh, Lord John Dahlberg Acton, shout out, <laughs> power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, I would ask you, <laughs> with those two quotes, 
does everything that I'm talking about sound pretty sinister? Does that sound like there is something to worry about? It should, because there is. There is something going on here. Something to worry about. It is sinister. This is as sinister as it could get. Um, it's a plot. It, it literally is a plot by those in power to remove the ability for the people in this country, and I would argue in a lot of countries all over the world, but we're talking about America, remove the ability to think critically, to determine fact and fiction. We talked about it before. I think John Stewart was the one that said it's the age of spin. You don't know what the truth is. You don't know what you don't know. There's so much spin and propaganda, and as I said, distraction and misdirection through all sorts of different avenues, all sorts of means. It's very difficult to know what the truth is. And as you know, in this podcast, that's what we're looking for. The truth. Here's a good real world example. And I'm not saying this is the number one. This is the biggest problem. I'm just saying that it is a very concrete way to showcase what I'm talking about. Any of you listening who are familiar with TikTok, the app, know what I'm talking about. Um, know that it is a... Uh, video platform in which people make these short videos showcasing really whatever they want. It could be about anything, doesn't matter. Um, and then being a social media platform, there is an algorithm which pushes what is popular. It shows people whatever based off of whatever this software algorithm determines they should see. So, what we have seen, and shout out to Noble, uh, my friend Noble, for talking about this with me recently. Uh, what we have seen is a generation of young people currently who have had their attention spans reduced to a 30 to 60 second time frame based off of these videos and we use TikTok specifically because it is easily the most popular right now but this has already kind of been a thing we saw this with like um vine back in the day they were very short videos um and currently we have instagram reels and we have youtube shorts like there's all these platforms that are following the same model which is you present a 30 to 60 second video in which all of your information is presented um, in a way that fits in that format. Um, that doesn't sound super sinister, does it? I mean, we all know that we've seen, we've all seen TikTok videos, we've all seen Instagram reels. We all remember, or I think a lot of us probably remember Vine back in the day. If I'm not mistaken, that was an offshoot of Twitter. Um, another very short form uh, platform for media. Um, but where it becomes a problem is we have this generation that is now hardwiring their brains, or I should say not hardwiring, rewiring their brains or having them rewired to release dopamine in 30 to 60 seconds. It is the quick fix. It is the um, instant gratification. And my friend Noble, who is a teacher, is telling me, and we discussed, how now kids, when they're presented with a problem, if they can't get it in 30 to 60 seconds, they give up. Or if they are presented with another form of media that isn't hitting that dopamine center, every 30 to 60 seconds, they're uninterested. 
um, a good example was given of how many kids in the current generation do you think could sit through the extended edition of Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, and the Return of the King? That's like 11 plus hours worth of movie. And arguably a cinematic masterpiece that has a deserved place in pop culture, in film, in media in general. Do you think any of them currently can sit through that without being on their phone? <laughs> and, you know, that also points towards a huge problem, which is the phone, the constant connection to infinite information. But we're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> we'll have to do that in a different episode. But the point being, these this generation has their brain wired in such a way through what they are consuming and how they are consuming it to be addicted to dopamine every 30 to 60 seconds. So you could argue that that was an unintentional side effect, but I'm a big proponent as are a lot of people who I talk to about this. I'm a big proponent of the idea that really in the end, coincidences are rare. I don't want to say they're impossible, but it's seldom that something is truly a dyed-in-the-wool coincidence, completely by chance. So when you look at TikTok, TikTok is a Chinese app. It was developed by a Chinese developer. Nothing wrong with that on the surface. However, when you start to consider the uh, algorithm and how it promotes what is popular and what people see, it becomes a little bit more scary. So in America, this app, TikTok, huge, really popular, primarily with children and people, you know, in that young adult time frame, just the teens, really. Um, what's being pushed is, uh, how should I put this? You can get popular, you can get TikTok famous off of bullshit. <laughs> I guess that's the, the, the bare bones of it. You do a stupid dance to some stupid song. TikTok blows you up, you get millions of views. You do a stupid lip sync to a song, millions of views. You do any number of dumb shit things that mean nothing, that get you nothing but notoriety for being a clown essentially for being an entertainer you get views and that is what the algorithm pushes in america and i say that pointedly in america now in china and granted we don't live in china i obviously don't live in china i can't tell you this from firsthand experience but what i have read and in interviews and articles in interviews that i have heard and articles that i have read is the algorithm pushes something entirely different in China. In China, the children who are on TikTok, because it primarily is still for the younger generation, the children there are seeing things pushed by the algorithm like somebody who invented, some, invented something, a kid who um, researched, did some amazing stuff, um, a kid who... Uh, helped their family achieve some sort of goal financially or, you know, wrote a book or um, did any number of things that I think we can all agree are positive, are productive, are um, a good for a child's growth, a good for a child, are good for a child's brain. And then probably arguably good for society as a whole if you want well-educated well-rounded um, intelligent children and this is not to say that china is perfect because i don't think they are that i don't think that country has it all figured out but they are growing and teaching a generation to think and act and create and grow and be productive and progress and they're doing that by showing them 
through the medium that they are drawn to, this platform of TikTok. Children love to see those, those little short videos. And when those children in China are having their dopamine centers activated by these very positive um, things <laughs> that I just listed, uh, they're being trained, they're being conditioned to value those things. And the children in America are being conditioned to value shaking your ass on your phone and showing everybody <laughs> for pretending to sing a fucking song. <laughs> I'm not shitting on the arts by any means. I'm a musician and an artist and I've written poetry. And I value all that shit. Like it's important. It's essential for a well-rounded culture. But that's not what TikTok is. That is just what is popular. What is the now? What is vapid and superfluous? Like, it's not the same. <laughs> so if you think about it from like a global political angle, what better way to subvert the next generation, one of your primary rival countries' population, than to teach them that it is better to get these millions of TikTok views, these millions of hits of dopamine by doing some dumb shit that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't contribute to your country's success, that doesn't contribute to your growth as a person. Pretty sinister, no? I mean, whether you believe that or not, and I'm not even sure I do, even even as plausible as it sounds, I don't know. I just don't have the facts. But probable? Yeah, for sure. I could see that. And it's so innocent off the top, right? It seems like not an issue. It's just an app where you share funny videos. And it's, you know, for fun. But if you think about it, and you follow who actually benefits from these things, you know, as we talked about in the past, like the free app, the free software doesn't exist. When you think it's free, that means you're the commodity. So something to think about. Okay. We got a little off track on the TikTok thing there, but I think I made, I think it made the point um, in a more relatable way. We're talking about, you know, critical thinking. Why? The who is benefiting? The what are they benefiting from? Why are they benefiting from it? So here's where it gets more heavy, like way heavier. Started, we started off this episode um, talking about abortion and gun violence and they are two very relevant current real topics that the whole country is concerned with and rightfully so let's recall back to episode nine because we did talk about abortion in that first critical thinking episode mothers and children that make up these families of unwanted pregnancies do not benefit from those unwanted pregnancies. Let's just think about that. How would they? How does a family benefit from adding another child that they do not want or they do not have the capability to care for or they do not have the intention of doing a good job raising? How, how does this benefit? that mother or that child or the father of that child or the siblings of that child or the extended family of that nuclear family that then has to pick up the slack if there is any how does this benefit them how does having a child that they do not want benefit them i think we can all agree it doesn't and 
in this episode, I'm going to try not to let my personal ideology, my personal philosophy color too much of what I'm talking about. But if I do, you know, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not perfect. But I guess I say that just just from the perspective of I don't want this to be like an episode just for people who think like me. I want everybody to get something out of this. And I'm trying to do that in a way that everybody can. I want to be approachable. I want this to be approachable to everyone. Um, so think about who benefits, you know, who benefits from from women, from families having babies that they do not want and or do not have the capacity to take care for. Think back again to episode nine. Babies, specifically unwanted babies, equal more poverty, less agency, and less upward mobility. If you are someone in that situation where you are having an unwanted child, and now you are in greater poverty, you have less agency, you have less upward mobility because of that child. Now you are part of the group of people who can't complain as hard, who can't organize as well, who can't advocate for themselves because you are less uh, affluent, you are less educated, you are less aware of the resources at your disposal, and you very likely live in areas in which there are actually less resources in the physical world. This is systemic. It's intentional because somebody is benefiting. Somebody in power is benefiting from you not having those things, from you not being able to advocate for yourself or your community from you not being better educated and better aware of how you can affect change in your community, in your neighborhood, in your state, in your country at large. The people in power do not want that. And if you think, if you really think critically about what is going on, you're going to stumble across I think the same conclusion and I think it's it's very it's unfortunate it's it's unfortunate how spot on George Carlin is when he talks about this and I'm going to give you some quotes just heads up it's George Carlin he is he has no filter and I think it's a good thing it really sheds light what he says really sheds light on this issue and what a problem it is. So, just heads up. If you're offended, you know, just be offended. <laughs> I really don't care, but I just want you to have the option of not listening to this and then, you know, probably not listening to my podcast, but whatever. So, in regards to the people in power that are pushing these anti-abortion agendas, George Carlin says, Boy, these people are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. Pro-life people are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care. No daycare. No head start. No school lunch. No food stamps. No welfare. No nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. <laughs> uh, so yeah that doesn't exactly say why but it does point to the problem as I think we can all get on board with that argument that idea that when you're born these people that claim to care about your life completely turn the other direction I think that's pretty well known and he goes on to say, and I don't want to say this was in the same bit or the same routine, but in regards to the same issue, George Carlin goes on to say, once you leave the womb, they don't care about you until you reach military age. Then you're just what they're looking for. They want live babies so they can raise them 
to be dead soldiers. And there's no laughing about that. If we continue to look at it through a critical lens, it sounds a lot less like a comedian saying something for shock value. It starts to be a lot more real. It starts to take on an air of quite a bit more plausibility, if you think about it. I don't know that he's right, but I could see it being the case. And I think that's a lot of what I'm trying to promote here. I thought that's a lot of what critical thinking is. It's not necessarily saying, yes, I've 100% figured out the absolute right answer. This is the unequivocal truth. It's the ability to say and realize that there might be and very likely are avenues that the people in power don't want you to go down because it reveals some amount or all of the truth. If you look at what he's saying, and something that I've said, you know, already in this episode, there are reasons that they want these babies born other than what's best for the baby, (laughs) other than what's best for the mother, other than what's best for the family. These people in power want to stay in power. They're afraid of losing it. But every minute you spend in that environment, every day that you hold on to your power, it corrupts. And the more you have, the more it corrupts. The women, the babies, the families that these anti-abortion regulation laws affect are the most potent agents for change. They are the ones who most want to better their situation, who most want to affect their communities in a positive way. These people are the ones that are affecting change. And change is the enemy of power. Power wants things to stay the same. And change, (laughs) just by definition of the word, is the complete antithesis to that ideology. Once you start to get all the information, start to put pieces together, start to think critically, (laughs) you begin to realize that the people who are putting these laws, who are putting these regulations into effect, or trying to do so, are also the ones that stand to gain the most from their taking effect. So we've looked at that idea from the abortion angle. But, you know, as we discussed, there's also this very real issue of gun violence in America. It is a uniquely American problem, as I think we all know. That's not a secret. According to the Washington Post, via the gun violence archive and i would very much encourage anybody who's interested who wants some facts on gun violence in america to visit the gun violence archive according to those two sources there have been 232 mass shootings in america in 2022 and a mass shooting is defined as a gun violence scenario in which four or more people are shot and not necessarily killed, but are shot. And that does not include the gun person, whoever is wielding the firearm. If they commit suicide, they are not counted in the uh, report. So a mass shooting is four or more people. And in America, in the last six months, five months, however long it's been since the new year, there have been 232 mass shootings. This is a problem. (laughs) I think we can all agree to that. We have recent incidents uh, in Uvalde, Buffalo, you know, the ones we see in the media, these horrifying uh, mass shootings. 
but that's just what you see in the media. That's two out of the 232 that we've had this year. Sacramento had 18 people shot on April 3rd. 15 people were shot in Philadelphia yesterday on the 4th of June. 14 people were shot in Chattanooga, Tennessee today. The day that I'm recording this, June 5th, 14 people, Chattanooga. We're on day 156 of the year 2022. And if you do the math, that is nearly one and a half mass shootings every single day in this country. If you did the math, it's 1.48. 1.48 mass shootings every goddamn day. In just this country. So you ask, because you see this on a fucking daily basis, you ask yourself and the people around you in your community and your representatives and social media, you post, whatever you do, you ask, why is this allowed to continue? Why is this the only country that we are allowing this to happen yearly? The Gun Violence Archive was started in 2013, I think was the year they first started collecting data. It's been almost 10 years for that uh, website. For the last 10 years, we have seen a upward trend in yearly mass shootings. Started out in 2013 in the 300s. And last year, there was like fucking 690 something. It was almost 700. And if you take that 1.48 that we're hitting right now for 2022, you take that out all year, that's 542. Round up to 543 because it's like 0.8. 543 mass shootings for 2022. If we stay on the same trend, there's nothing to say that we have to. That could go way up. It could go way down. Although, as we can see, unless something changes, it's not going to go way down. So... You ask, why is it okay that after Buffalo, after Uvalde, where we have specific groups of citizens being targeted, where we have members of our black community, where we have fucking children being specifically targeted by, I don't even know what you want to call them, Fucking assholes. Gunmen. God, that sounds so clinical. There needs to be a a better term for these fucks. Because gunmen just doesn't... That doesn't describe what they are. Um, Evil fuckers. (laughs) Where we have them targeting these specific vulnerable groups of our community. Why is it still allowed to happen? So like we talked about with the abortion thing. Ask who benefits from people dying like this daily. Is it them? No. (laughs) Is it anybody in the fucking community? No. Who is benefiting? To me, once you start thinking about it, it seems really cut and dry. Like, this is so easy to follow down the line. I don't know how... Everybody isn't doing this. The answer is the people in power. Who are we talking about? The gun lobby. The senators and the representatives who are in bed with the gun lobby. The NRA, the National Rifle Association. These groups benefit in some way or another from gun sales. And they wield, the gun lobby and the NRA specifically, They wield an enormous amount of political power. For them, gun sales are a priority, and that means doing anything and everything to quash gun regulation, anything that gets in the way of gun sales. And that means also pushing and lobbying and advocating for elected 
representatives who will also push that agenda. I feel so dumb having to talk about this. And I can only imagine what the people who are on the front lines of this issue, who are fighting for change in a lot more concrete ways, I can only imagine what they think. Why in the hell do we have to even have this conversation? In regards to gun violence, you get the fear angle pushed on a regular basis. You hear that same tired line that the best response to a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And I would love to see some actual real-world evidence that that is the case in the majority of situations. Like, yeah, we're all aware of the couple times where, where somebody who was carrying a weapon managed to stop somebody else who was carrying a weapon in our country. Like, that has happened, and I won't, I won't say it hasn't. Is that the rule? No, that is the exception to the rule. Like in the overwhelming majority of cases. But even if you're aware of that, even if you're you're you know aware that most times that's not what happens, you're still getting the fear angle pushed on you by those people and power. You're still getting the, you know. Uh, God, what happens if somebody invades your home or what happens if you're in a, in a less than desirable part of town or what happens if you're the victim of just random senseless violence? Like, don't you want to be able to defend yourself and the people you love? And then you get the fear angle from, Hey, if, if a certain party is elected or if a certain person is elected in your district, like these, these regulations, these laws that limit your ability to buy weapons and ammo are going to be put into effect. And then what? You know, what are you going to do then? How are you going to be safe? How are you going to be secure? And as you recall, we talked about, in general, people's desire to be safe, be secure, you know. And then what was another one? Be right. So now you have the fear of being wrong, right? You get these horrifying incidents like the shooting in Uvalde where what was it like 19 19 children are shot and killed who wants to be on the wrong side of that argument so you have the fear of oh my god i've supported gun rights you know second amendment whatever rights and i've pushed against non-regulation or deregulation of the firearm industry and oh my god i am actively part of the problem and and my viewpoints and my actions are directly leading to children being gunned down in their schools. If I can look at it from any point of empathy, it's that, yeah, I wouldn't want to be that person either. That's like, holy fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Why did I think this was okay? So the options are admit that I was wrong and admit that I... I contributed to this issue or double down on my stance that gun ownership is a constitutionally protected right. And that means I should be able to buy and sell literally whatever the fuck I want because it's not that that's the problem. It's, you know, whatever the fuck else you want to say, it's, you know, the fact that there's, you know, crazy people out on the street. There's a mental health problem. There's a mental health crisis or it's drugs or, you know, really the issue is we should give teachers guns, right? Like make it about anything else other than being wrong. I think it's time that we take any idea of fear or morals, quote unquote, out of the equation because neither belongs in either the abortion issue or the gun violence issue. Fear is the tool of the oppressor. Using morals as a stick to beat your point into the populace 
That is the tool of the oppressor. There are people who are directly benefiting from what is happening. And it is not the people who are directly involved in what is happening. Like we said, the families, the women who are affected by abortion regulation, they don't benefit from that. The families, the victims who are affected by gun violence, who are affected by the lack of regulation of gun sales and who and who cannot own firearms, they don't benefit from it. The fucking people who have nothing in the game, who have no stake in the game for these scenarios are the ones that are benefiting. And I feel like if you look at it from that perspective, you should be angry. You should be upset. You should be interested in continuing that line of thought. Who is pushing their agenda at my expense? I think that's a question we should all be asking on a daily basis from everyone in our lives. And I'm not just talking about people at the top, people in power, you know, our elected representatives, our bosses, our CEOs, like the people you normally hear this directed at. Direct that line of questioning at everybody in your life who you feel like may not have your best interests in mind. I mean, we've talked about this. People generally don't do what's right for you. They do what's best for them, what's easy for them, you know? Don't let others press their agenda to your detriment. If you can break down the questions like we've been trying to do here, if you can remove emotion as hard as that is, because these are emotionally charged topics. If you can remove emotion from the argument and look at who is benefiting and look at who suffers from either action or inaction, I think that is the path to enlightenment. <laughs> and I don't really enjoy that I've used that word multiple episodes because it makes it sound so like hippie. <laughs> and I wanna be taken seriously but I think that's the word, enlightenment. I think that's it. The ability to identify truth. Abortion is regulated. The babies and the families suffer. When gun control is ignored, people continue to die at the hands of others with guns. And it is that simple. So, where do I end? <laughs> <laughs> this heavy-ass episode. I don't know. I feel like there's no great way to wrap up either of those topics. They're on everybody's mind right now, and rightfully so. And I think if they're on your mind, if these topics keep you up at night, if they occupy your thoughts, I think you should allow that to happen. Don't distract yourself. Don't ignore them. Think about it. Think about what is actually happening and why. I think if you do that, not only will you be better for it, I think society will benefit. I think we could all benefit in this country from a little more critical thinking and a little less TikTok dances. <laughs> I guess we'll end it there. So, let me remind everybody, your ex-boyfriend's podcast, it can be found on really any platform that distributes podcasts. Um, it's hosted on Podbean at Justice... What's it? What's my address? <laughs> What's my URL? Justicetenna.podbean.com. But it is distributed everywhere. If you want to get a hold of me, if you want to talk about these real heavy topics that we hit on today, if you want somebody to listen to you vent, if you want to do anything, like if you want to communicate in any way, you can email me at your ex bf podcast at gmail.com 
Or if you have my number, you know, text me or call me. But you can also hit me up on Instagram at your underscore EXBF underscore podcast. And I post weekly uh, on there with new episodes. So, uh, oh, yeah, last thing. If you want to be a guest, and I am looking for guests, uh, please go and listen to the ones, uh, to the episodes, I should say, where I interviewed people. I believe that was uh, episode 20, episode 16, and maybe 17. Yeah, 16, 17, and 20. Uh, I do a couple interviews with friends and family. And if you like what you hear, I'd love to have you on. We can do, we can talk about anything, but uh, it'll be good no matter what. Um, I think that's it. So stay safe out there. Hold your loved ones. And I will talk to you next Sunday. Take care. Thank you.